We're analyzing Anheuser-Busch InBev, ticker symbol BUD, BUD, to see if its market price is a fair value. We're using the Select 6 analysis to look at the most telling financial metrics before estimating an intrinsic value for Anheuser-Busch. There will be a key bonus metric along the way that might be the tipping point when analyzing Anheuser-Busch for your portfolio. Before we get into these valuable metrics, let's understand Anheuser-Busch InBev's stock performance. Currently, Anheuser-Busch trades for $63.47 per share. Over the last year, in sharp contrast to the S&P 500, Anheuser-Busch is up. Their stock price is up 5%. Over the last five years, their stock price is down 42% overall, so they're declining at a rate of 10% annually. Over the last 10 years, their stock price is down 38%. However, going back to when the business was listed publicly nearly 14 years ago, Anheuser-Busch has compounded their stock price at 3% annually. Keep in mind the company also pays out dividends. Currently, they have a modest 0.6% dividend yield. Their average dividend yield throughout this time frame would be in addition to these compounded annual returns. Anheuser-Busch InBev is currently trading at their 52-week high. The company is up nearly $20 from their 52-week low. Anheuser-Busch is one of the largest beverage companies in the world. They have a 116 billion euro market cap, which is around 127 billion US dollars. For background about the company, Anheuser-Busch InBev is the largest brewer in the world and one of the world's top five consumer product companies measured by size. After the SAP Miller acquisition, the company's portfolio now contains five of the top 10 beer brands by sales and 18 brands with retail sales over $1 billion. AB InBev was created by the 2008 merger of Belgian-based InBev and U.S.-based Anheuser-Busch. The firm holds a 62% economic interest in AmBev, and in 2016, it acquired SAB Miller. The company offers a portfolio of approximately 500 beer brands, which include Budweiser, Corona, Stella Artos, Michelob Ultra, Bud Light, Modelo, and Skoll. The company was founded in 1366 and is headquartered in Leuven, Belgium. Starting things off with metric number one, we want their average return on capital over the last five years to be above 14%. And there are two key reasons for this. The first is that over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock is likely to return approximately what its underlying business returns. And these business returns will be captured here by return on capital. The second is that the average publicly listed business earns about a 7% return on capital. So by looking for a benchmark of 14% or higher, we can potentially build in some margin of safety for ourselves based off the overall quality of the business being about twice as good as average. Anheuser-Busch has earned pretty stable but pretty average returns on capital through most of these years. They earned just over 8% returns on capital in their most recent fiscal year, and they had a low of 6.5% returns on capital in 2020. Averaged out throughout this time frame, the business earns about 7.8% average returns on capital in a given year, so that's just very slightly above average, but well short of that 14% benchmark we were looking for, and so this is an X starting things off on metric number one. Next, we're taking a high-level overview of the growth of their business, so we're looking for revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth over the last five years. This metric is all or nothing in nature. Either all three of these will be up for this to be a check, or if even one of these is down, this entire metric will be an X. 
Over the last five years, Anheuser-Busch has very slightly grown their revenues, growing them by 9% overall. Their earnings have grown by 36%. That's strong to moderate earnings growth for this type of business. However, their free cash flows are down over this period. They've declined by $1.8 billion from their fiscal 2018. And so with their free cash flows being down, this means that this is an X on metric number two. It's not great to see that their free cash flows were the only number that was down here because free cash flow is really the lifeblood of any business. And ultimately, a business's ability to produce free cash flows now and until judgment day discounted back by some reasonable interest rate is what that business is going to be worth. We'll be using that exact method to come to a potential fair intrinsic value for Anheuser-Busch later on in the video, so you want to stick around for that. Next for metric number three, we're taking the perspective of an individual shareholder in Anheuser-Busch. So we're looking for earnings per share growth over the last five years for the business. We just learned that the company has grown their earnings by 36% over this time frame. However, we still want to look at what the company has done in terms of their shares outstanding. Anheuser-Busch has slightly diluted existing shareholders, issuing about 2% additional shares outstanding over the last five years. So this is slight shareholder dilution, and this is outpaced by their growth in their earnings. So this is a check here on metric number three, as Anheuser-Busch has grown their earnings per share over their last five years. Metric number four, we're looking for free cash flow per share growth over the last five years for Anheuser-Busch. Because their free cash flows are down over this time frame and the company has diluted existing shareholders slightly, this is an X here on metric number four. Recapping where we stand currently, through our first four metrics, we only have one check for Anheuser-Busch. Metric number five, here we're evaluating how the business is using debt. So we don't want to be investing in overly levered businesses because during economic downturns, it's overly levered businesses that are likely at the greatest risk of poor outcomes. So we want their net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments, to be below the amount of free cash flow that Anheuser-Busch has produced over their past five years. The company has prioritized steadily repaying down their debt, and they've done so in all five of these years, pretty much like clockwork. The business has reduced their net debt position by $34 billion from 2018. Currently, they have just over $70 billion worth of net debt, which in absolute terms is a lot. Looking at that relative to their free cash flows, in the past five years, Anheuser-Busch has produced $43 billion worth of free cash flow. So while again, in absolute terms, that's a lot of free cash flow relative to their net debt position, this is not able to support their net debt position and so this is an X here on metric number five. The company was highly levered for its SAB Miller acquisition. And again, they've really prioritized deleveraging throughout this time frame. Also, given the nature of their business as a strong consumer brand, their higher debt loads could be less of a concern than they would be for some other types of businesses. You can dig into the company's filings to understand their debt profile in more detail. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want their average free cash flow to enterprise value yield to be above 5%. If this is the case, this may provide a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury, and it may offer a reasonable starting point for evaluation of Anheuser-Busch. Currently, the business has a $208 billion total enterprise value, which takes into account both their market cap and their net debt position. So this is giving us a perspective of the business that's more similar to as if Anheuser-Busch were a private company. We learned in our previous metric that in the last five years, Anheuser-Busch has produced $43 billion in free cash flow, meaning that in an average year, they're producing about $8.6 billion of free cash flow. When we divide their eight $8.6 billion of their average free cash flow by their $208 billion total enterprise value. 
That gives about a 4.1% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield for Anheuser-Busch. So while that is slightly above the yield of the 10-year treasury, that's down from that slight risk premium we were looking for. And so this is an axon metric number six for the business. We'll perform a discounted cash flow analysis to come to a more concrete estimate for this intrinsic value, but it's worth being aware that this isn't financial advice and it's not a buy or sell recommendation. Also, on a current basis of their free cash flows, the business has produced $8.1 billion of free cash flow in their most recent fiscal year. So when we divide that by their $208 billion total enterprise value, that gives us just under a 4% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield for the business. That's a very similar situation to where the business has been at on average here. Before we get to that DCF analysis, it's time for our bonus metric. As our bonus, here we're taking a look at Anheuser-Busch's dividend profile. Anheuser-Busch pays out a modest 0.6% dividend yield. With any business that pays out dividends, we want to look to see whether a business can support its dividend payouts. For Anheuser-Busch, we want their dividends to be supported by their cash flows, and that's been the case in all five of these years. One thing to note is that as the company has prioritized paying down debt, they have decreased their dividend payout throughout this period and the business has been able to maintain a pretty modest dividend payout ratio compared to their cash flows in all five of these years. They have started to increase their dividend payouts again since 2021. How the business returns capital to shareholders will likely depend on a number of factors. You can dig into the company's filings to understand management's approach to capital allocation going forward, but it would seem like the business has steadily prioritized paying down debt, although it does look like there's still work to be done on that front. The business has increased their dividends recently. As promised, everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Anheuser-Busch InBev, which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to come to a potential fair intrinsic value for the business. So a discounted cash flow model is just like any other model in any other discipline. Its outputs will be sensitive to its inputs. Specifically, it's based on the predictability of a business's free cash flows. So here we're starting with Anheuser-Busch's current free cash flows, and we're using historical growth assumptions going back 20 years to project these out into the future. If we assume that the business grows their current free cash flows at a rate of just under 8% annually for the next 10 years, then during the 10 years after that, that this growth rate would be cut in half. If we were seeking a 15% rate of return, which is the rate of return Warren Buffett's looking for in addition to his margin of safety requirements, then it looks like at today's valuations, a potential fair value for Anheuser-Busch is right around $41 per share. There are some factors you'll want to be mindful of here. We didn't include the company's tangible book value in this analysis, so that will have an impact on the business, and that's an adjustment you would need to make after digging deeper into the company. Also, Anheuser-Busch, even though they are a consumer goods company, has had a low level of business predictability in their past, especially as they've made large acquisitions recently. So that's something that may potentially continue into the future, and it looks like a lot of their growth has come from their acquisitions. Also, the company's modest dividend yield would be included in this 15% rate of return. And most importantly, please be mindful that this analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with a financial advisor. In just a moment, we'll talk about our final rating for Anheuser-Busch, but we have to address something first. What are some of the qualitative aspects of this business? For some of the key qualitative points supporting a potential long thesis for Anheuser-Busch, number one, running with net negative working capital and cash flow conversion above 100% of net profit, Anheuser-Busch InBev is a cash generating machine, which should lead to strong shareholder returns over the long run. 
Number two, Anheuser-Busch InBev has a 62% economic stake in AmBev, which has dominant share in several key markets, including Brazil, Argentina, and Canada. Additionally, Anheuser-Busch InBev has a leading share in the United States and Belgium. And number three, Anheuser-Busch InBev's worldwide scale and distribution is massive. Its top 18 brands each generate more than $1 billion per year in sales. Then for some of the key qualitative aspects supporting a potential short thesis of the company, number one, the aggressive 3G approach to cutting excess spending comes with the risk of cutting into the muscle of the business, including risks to product innovation and marketing efficiency. Number two, beer remains a competitive industry, especially in developed countries, and the recent elevation in marketing spend may not reverse in the near future. And number three, the company's flagship Budweiser brand and sister brand Bud Light are both facing meaningful headwinds in the United States from craft and imported brands. There you have it for a balanced perspective around some of the key qualitative aspects of the business. Now it's time for our summary of Anheuser-Busch InBev. In analyzing Anheuser-Busch InBev, ticker symbol BUD, BUD, we learned that the company earns just about average returns on capital. They've grown their revenues and earnings. However, their free cash flows are down moderately over the last five years. The company has also slightly diluted shareholders. While they have paid down a lot of their debt since their SAB Miller acquisition, the company still looks like it's using too much debt relative to their free cash flows. On both an average and a current basis of their free cash flow to enterprise value yield, that was coming in just slightly above the yield of the 10-year treasury, although it was below the risk premiums we were looking for. While their dividends have declined over the past five years, they've been very well supported by their free cash flows in all five years. Again, however, most of their free cash flows have gone to paying down their debt, and that debt load is still in a position that may not be totally manageable by the business, although it seems to be in much better shape than where it was just five years ago. Performing a discounted cash flow analysis of Anheuser-Busch, if you've done the work and you bleed those historical growth assumptions, then a potential fair intrinsic value for the business at today's valuation moment multiples if you were seeking a 15% rate of return is right around $41 per share. So the company was last at those levels in May of 2020. With all of our metrics and these factors in our analysis in mind, it looks like Anheuser-Busch is only a weak candidate in terms of its attractiveness for further research. That isn't to discourage you from looking into the business if you're interested in it. However, if you enjoyed today's video, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, and comment down below what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about Anheuser-Busch InBev with me, and have a great day.